You're listening to the Sermon Podcast from House for All Sinners and Saints. We are an Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregation in Denver, Colorado. And you can find out more about us at www.houseforall.org. Grace, peace, and mercy are yours from the triune God. Amen. So lately, I've just been a, a, a little, little bit obsessed with this new HBO series called Years and Years. I don't know if you've heard of it. It, uh, it stars Emma Thompson as a real estate mogul who becomes the British prime minister seemingly overnight by going on TV and spewing racist, extremely nationalist propaganda, <laughs> which of course sounds awfully familiar. <clears throat> And then at the end of the first episode, the current actual president of the United States drops an atomic bomb on a military installation in the South China Sea, and uh, worldwide chaos erupts. It's uh, super uplifting television. (laughs) Uh, In fact, it's the kind that's just perfect for right before you go to bed, which... uh, just so happens to be when the new episodes come out and I, uh, lacking any self-discipline, cannot stop myself. And so I end up tossing and turning all night long, wondering if I should put all my money in Bitcoin or, uh, or start digging an underground bunker. <laughs> and I mean, uh, you may be wondering why anyone would want to subject themselves to such a vision at all when so much of what is in the show we are already living. But the thing that keeps sucking me back in is that despite the worst thing happening in episode one, each consecutive episode begins the same way. It begins with the the family that's at the center of the drama, the family gathering at their grandmother's house for a meal on New Year's, one year five years, ten years into this apocalyptic future, and, and despite everything that's going on in the world, they, they sit down together, they, they let go, and they have a meal. And for them, the meal takes on an almost sacred tone. It's as if this meal is the only thing that allows them to keep going in the world as it is. And so for me, over these past few weeks, as the actual world, actual world around us seems to be more and more on fire, I have to admit that I've, I've found myself living for this show, living for the next episode, living to watch this family have their next meal. Because it's through that meal consumed while the world burns that this family learns how to let go and they learn how to live in the midst of apocalypse. Which is actually the title that came to mind for today's sermon when I sat down and read today's gospel about Mary and Martha. How to live in the midst of apocalypse. And I get that it might sound weird to mention the story of Mary and Martha in the same breath as Apocalypse, um, especially if you came to know Mary and Martha in Sunday school as, as I did, where it's often taught as if it's about Jesus creating a kind of a first century Enneagram or, or Myers-Briggs, you know, like I remember my Sunday school teacher saying that some of us are more Marthas, we prefer doing and staying busy, and some of us are more Marys, we like feelings and thinking and stuff like that. (laughs) 
And so as the logic goes, Jesus is just simply reminding us that though we have different personalities, that we all have a place. Huh. Uh, And that's nice and all. (laughs) The problem is that this isn't what Jesus says at all. He doesn't affirm the value of both Mary and Martha's choices. He only affirms Mary's. He only affirms the one who lets go and sits and eats at his feet. But this has bothered me all week because in a world where in a world where shit actually needs to get done, in a world where we have to work in order to eat, in a world where there are actual injustices and racism to tear down, like the only way that I can make sense of Jesus affirming Mary's letting go over Martha's doing is through the lens of apocalypse. And by apocalypse, I don't mean the actual end of the world, though it may feel that way. But I mean it the way that scripture actually intended apocalypse to be understood, which is an unveiling, a revealing Apocalypses are times in human history where where things that used to live under the surface, at least for some of us, are now in plain view. Things like racism and xenophobia, income inequality and the destruction of the environment, things that some of us have had the privilege of ignoring for so long, but they can't be ignored any longer. This is what apocalypse is. Apocalypse is simply reality, but it's reality in our face. But it was during one of these times of apocalypse that that God slipped into human skin and lived as one of us. Jesus the Christ was not born into a peaceful world. Jesus was born into an apocalypse. You see, the golden age of the people of Israel was over. The reign of King David was a distant memory. And that's because in the midst of their prosperity, the people of Israel, they lost sight of the poor. They ceased being hospitable to immigrants and refugees as as we humans tend to do when we get our hands on a little bit of cash. And so the Hebrew prophets, like the prophet Amos from today's reading, They begin to warn that judgment is coming, that apocalypse is coming, that the the day is coming where we will no longer be able to ignore the cries of the poor and those on margins because their cries will become our cries too. And that's exactly what happened. Because precisely in the year that Jesus was born, a census went out from Caesar Augustus, which was the beginning of the Roman occupation of that land. And, and using that information, the Roman Empire gathered information on all people and then began to systematically target all who did not fall in line, all who did not profess their love for the new regime to the point that By the time Jesus, Mary, and Martha gathered that night for that meal, the roads between the villages would have been lined with crosses on which the hanged bodies of those who chose to speak up. Those who chose to speak up who, like Jesus, rejected the logic of empire, the logic that you can either love it or leave it that you can either love the world as it is or be prepared to be eliminated by it. 
But Jesus, he came and walked among us to oppose the logic of love it or leave it. In fact, just a few verses before the meal with Mary and Martha, uh, Jesus rails against the very cities that he came to love and serve because they continued to choose the logic of empire and reject the gospel of peace. You probably remember uh, from a few weeks ago, they keep going from city to city and they keep getting cast out. And so Jesus speaks to these cities, woe to you, Chorazin, he says, woe to you, Bethsaida, And I like this one. And you, Capernaum, will you be exalted to heaven? Mm. No. (laughs) That part's not in there. Uh, (laughs) No, you will be brought down to hell. This is Jesus' apocalypse, Jesus' unveiling of the way that empire works, that the logic of love it or leave it will not stop until it has brought all of us down. And so by the time that Mary, Martha, and the disciples get to that moment in today's gospel where they prepare to eat with Jesus, they and the disciples, they're tired. They're tired like a lot of people in our society today are tired. They're worn down from going from village to village preaching against the logic of empire only to get driven out in humiliation, driven out by this logic of love it or leave it. And so it makes sense that that night when the logic of empire seemed to infect everything, that that Martha, it makes sense that Martha might feel that her only option was to go into survival mode, to accept the logic of empire and revert to the only role that empire offered her, which as a woman was to prepare food and serve the men. Because during times of apocalypse, that's what empire does. It tells us that when things fall apart, our only value is helping to hold things together. That our only value is in propping up a facade of normalcy. That our only value is in showing up for work or paying the mortgage or keeping the lawn mowed. Rather than sitting with the reality that things need to fall apart, We struggle to hold on to the piece of the pie that we have now, ignoring those who simply don't have the strength to hold on any longer. And this is a a trap that I fall into all the time. In fact, just last week, I, I was exasperated over the state of the world, and with my head in my hands, I, I said to my therapist, everything I've ever achieved in this life, everything I've gotten just by holding on, by just keeping it together, to which my therapist applied, replied, um, uh, I'm just going to stop you right there. <laughs> Because honestly, from everything you've ever told me, from all the things that really matter to you, you've not gotten any of those things by holding on. Instead, you've gotten all of those things by letting go. (laughs) I must confess that in that moment, I felt a little bit like a a failed pastor. because this is the kind of stuff that I say to other people all the time. (laughs) But it was in that moment that I I needed to hear that good news for myself. 
which was the same good news that Jesus delivered to Mary and Martha that day, which is that in the midst of apocalypse, in a world where things only seem to be falling apart, God lavishes grace upon us so that, not so that we can hold on, not so that we can prop up the things that need to fall apart, but so that we can let go so that we can let go of the vision of this world given to us by empire, the vision of this world given to us by the powers and principalities of this world, so that we can catch a glimpse of another world, the world that God has prepared for us. And the world that God has prepared for us, it's, it's a revolution that starts right here, right here in this place. It starts when we gather around this table with our faltering friends for a meal that tasted of freedom. Because this is the banquet prepared from the foundation of the world. This is the meal God has given us so that we might live in the midst of our apocalypse. So that we might know that the foundation of this world is God herself and not the empire that is tearing this world apart. And that around this table, in the letting go that we get to do together around this table, we get to see that as this world falls apart, a whole new world is being raised up in its place. May it be so. Amen. You have been listening to the sermon podcast for House for All Sinners and Saints. If you like what you've been hearing and would like to support the ongoing ministry of our church, just go to our website, www.houseforall.org, and click on Give.